Welcome to an all-new episode of the Fast Friends Podcast. I'm your host, Logan Cummins, at Logan Cummins on Twitter. And on today's episode, I'll try to make friends with actress, writer, director, and producer, Allison Snyder, faster than her character, Heather Wilmore, became Jack Griffin's favorite student. Hi, I'm Logan Cummins. I'm a former pro wrestling creative, a mediocre stand-up comedian, and a ranch-dressing aficionado who lives beyond my means. This is my weekly podcast where I set out to make friends with each and every one of my guests. Sometimes it works. Other times, not so much. Allison, welcome to the Fast Friends Podcast. <laughs> hey, Logan. Thank you so much for having me. I am so excited. My wife actually was really excited too, um, and she wanted me to take a screenshot, but she do- she didn't oh. want to come in and say hi because she's like super nervous. Um, she doesn't. I know, I know, but it's That's um, so sweet. I- AP Bio is one of our favorite shows, so I'll start off with that. I mean, it's um, you know we we love it, and so this is like surreal to have you on here. It's, and you're my second guest from the show, which is amazing. So yeah, so sick. You're friends with Charlie, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, acquaintances probably would be a better way to say it. <laughs> I mean, we're you're friends failing now. at the podcast. Then isn't this yeah. fast friends, not fast acquaintances? <laughs> that's true. That's true. We are friends now. We uh, we worked together back in Chicago. Well, when he was in Chicago. And, um, that's so cool. Charlie's so, the absolute yeah. best. He is. He's great. He's great. And it's been awesome to see him like go do way cooler things than writing copy for <laughs> flash ads. <laughs> he was good Absolutely. at that too, though, to be fair. <laughs> um, how's your day going so far? I know it's early it's for you. going great. Yeah, it's it's 10 a.m. for me. So just started, just rolled out of bed, but doing good. Yeah. You know, it's Friday, so that's awesome. Um, like I said, thank you for doing this. Uh, I don't know if you've had a chance to check it out or if people are listening for the first time. I'll just give a quick premise overview. We'll go through three rounds of interview. The first is called the fast forward round where we'll talk about like your life and career and things like that. Um, the second round is called five for five where you'll get to ask me five questions. I'll ask you five questions. I guess I get a lot of questions, huh? Uh, and then the last is the fast friends. <laughs> yeah, fortune a little teller. unbalanced. <laughs> yeah, a little bit, a little bit. Um, the last round is the fast friends fortune teller, uh, where we'll use one of these paper fortune tellers from my elementary school days, uh, Ooh. to pick an activity that we'll play. And then we'll, have, we'll culminate in a friend request. Um, any questions or anything before we jump in or not at all? All I'll save my five questions if you're trying to trick me and get one of my questions now. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. You have to use yours wisely, I guess, because I could just like ad lib all day. (laughs) I know. I Um, only get five. I know. What a rip off. (laughs) (laughs) Um, awesome. Well, so one of the things I wanted to talk about is I think, uh, and again, this is all based on my research. So you tell me if any of it's wrong, um, you know, with a lot of fake news out there <laughs> these days, um, you were born in Glendale, California in the, in the LA area. Is that correct? Yes. Yes, I was. I am, I believe third generation Glendale, which it doesn't happen okay. too often out here in Los Angeles. Everybody is uh, transplants, but, yeah. uh, yeah, me, my mom, my grandma, all from Glendale. Nice. Did you know that Glendale is also home to the headquarters of the International House of Pancakes? I didn't know that, but I know that it's one of the worst cities to drive in. Driving is terrible. I never learned how to ride a bike because my mom didn't want me going down the street with my bike. The cars are just flying by. I remember people in our neighborhood petitioning for speed bumps. It was just chaos. (laughs) Wow. Um, that's was it is it like because people just fly or like there's just constant traffic or too many people like all of the above bunch of teenagers and brand new sports cars and i remember we lived around the corner from like a banquet hall and the valet drivers there would just whip the cars around and so i uh, oh, yeah. 
I was kept inside, and uh, at five years old, I could work iMovie and Photoshop and just still, to this day, have not learned how to ride a bike, but it's okay. Wow. <laughs> it okay. doesn't affect your life. <laughs> no. No, it doesn't. It doesn't change I, anything. I like, <laughs> I like riding bikes, I guess, but um, I don't really do it super often. And, you know, we have, like, a really limited window here in Chicago where it's super nice out. Um yeah, so. there was there was only one time where I thought it might affect my life. When I was younger, I booked a commercial where uh, the commercial started out, and I was supposed to ride up on a bike and get off. And it was my, my dad and I. I remember he took me to like Toys R Us to practice trying to ride their bikes around, and it was just a disaster. And we were like, "Oh gosh, hopefully they won't need to shoot that for too long." And then apparently, because of insurance reasons, they were like, "Oh, just you're gonna walk your bike up." And I was like, "Yes, oh. dodge a bullet there." <laughs> I got this. <laughs> That's amazing. You started acting really young, right? It was like four and a half. Four, yeah, four and a half years old. And uh, wow, <laughs> my parents had no idea what they were getting into. <laughs> they were like, sure, so, we can drive her around to auditions. <laughs> no problem. Yeah. In that amazing traffic. Um, <sighs> what, so from what I've read, it's it's that you were being taken to a lot of plays, which is awesome. Um, yeah. And we're really like fascinated by by them. So like my question for you on this is like, first, it's awesome that you got to do and see a lot of plays because that's something I feel like I like I still to this day don't get to see nearly enough of. Do you remember like what the specific production or performance or character performance where you were like, I want to be on stage? Like, do you remember at that young of an age? I mean, the thing is that I always wanted to be on stage because to me at four years old, I didn't realize like, oh, this is a production and these are actors and this is their job. To me, it was like, oh, there's a witch and a princess and it's like the witch is poisoning the princess's glass and it's like the princess comes back in stage and I'm like a little four-year-old being like, don't drink it, she poisoned it. And they're like, okay, shh, you can't, like, it's the middle of a show. (laughs) And so they're like, instead of like, you know, discouraging the outgoing behavior because it's very cute, they're like, we should just take her somewhere where it's a little bit more appropriate. (laughs) and so to me it was just people playing dress up and I just wanted to be a part of the fun yeah no that's awesome that's I asked uh, because I worked in professional wrestling weirdly for a little bit in my career and I feel like when yeah anybody that works in wrestling there's like usually a moment right like where you're Mm -hmm. like oh it was at this Wrestlemania this match this whatever and like that's when you know like oh yeah I want to do this so I I wasn't sure if it was the same but I guess it makes sense at such a young age because I was probably like I think I was like nine when I had my yeah. WrestleMania moment. No, at four and a half years old, I, I wanted to be a pirate. That was my like main yeah. goal, but there wasn't pirate classes, so yeah. <laughs> acting was the backup. <laughs> That's awesome. And then you started, um, uh, so I, I, like you've done a lot, I know started in commercials, I think, um, mm-hmm. after like, you know, training and stuff. Um, I read that you have done like, f- by the time you were eight, something like 40 commercials, which is insane. <laughs> Yeah, it it picked up pretty quickly. I mean, I was just such like a fearless child. And I think a lot of the other kids in the acting industry, there's this kind of pressure on them or, you know, the, the parents are either pushing it or, you know, the kid really, really wants it and it's their dream. Whereas for me, I literally didn't know what was happening. I called all the right. casting directors, teachers. My dad couldn't even get me to wear shoes into my audition. Like I would go into everything barefoot. The casting director started like calling me the barefoot girl. So it's like I quickly kind of gained this reputation and I was one of the only kids that would actually go in there and be a real kid. And I was just loud and I was good at talking with adults because my parents had me when they were super young. And so none of their friends have like had children at the time. And so I, I, I just hung out with them and their friends. So I was used to talking to grownups already. Yeah. 
Well, and there's something. So I want to ask a little bit about like some of the because. I think you went on to do like I don't know set like seventy plus commercials or something. <laughs> if my research is correct, yeah, and yeah, it was like, somewhere somewhere around there. I started losing track, especially because I I would do a lot of like series of commercials. Like I was in all sure. of like the Sears spots, and I would you know do repeating commercials. So some days you know I would go there for a weekend and shoot a couple spots, and it's like oh this is going to be turned into like five different commercials kind of thing. Sure, sure, yeah, you one big shoot to for production efficiency. Exactly. Um, well, so looking at some of the brands that you've done commercials for, you mentioned Sears, but it's everything from like McDonald's to Toys R Us to Hallmark to like cheese mm-hmm. at crackers, which I'm a big fan of. Um, <laughs> my question here is like, I used to also work in advertising agencies. Oh, and cool. so, yeah, we did a lot of like com- commercial scripts, right? Or like those production scripts. Uh-huh. And I found it like really hard to brief like adult professional writers to sort of translate all of the inputs into like the right dialogue. So like as a kid, and maybe your answer, you already answered this, but like, how did you do every, how did you like take everything in and try to like deliver on brand? Was it just that you were like that comfortable? Yeah, I really just, again, didn't quite understand what was happening. I was just like, oh, this is just what I do. And I got in so young that it wasn't until I was a little bit older that I started looking around at the waiting room and realizing like, oh, this is a competition. Like other girls Mm -hmm. are going in for the same role. Because to me, it was just kind of like, oh, I'm just going to go you know, say what the teacher tells me to do. And it was just like any other, you know, class and I would book commercials and I was like, oh, cool. I get to, you know, go be on a set. And it was just, (laughs) it it really just didn't occur to me that it was, it was a job. And I was just had fun playing pretend with everybody. That's awesome. Um, and good for you. Like, like you said, (laughs) there's something about just like being a kid because I know like when we've watched back some of the tapes and things from our productions, right. That where we were shooting, it's the same thing. Like you can tell, like you want them to be so authentic. Right. So it's, I'm sure that that helped a ton. Yeah. I, I try to, you know, hold on to that throughout my career, you know, as an adult too. And my dad was also really, really good about saying no, uh, when, when we needed to, like when he could tell that I was getting a little bit fatigued or if I had something big planned that I was really, really looking forward to. So let's say, you know, it was a friend's Chuck E. Cheese birthday coming up. And then we found right. out like, oh, I get a call back for a commercial that's going to be shooting on that Friday or something. And it's like a national commercial, Super Bowl, whatever. And my dad's like, ah, oh, no, nah, she's already got, you know, a, a birthday party to go to. And my agents are like, but it's a national commercial. <laughs> and my dad's like, yeah, but if I make her skip out on this birthday party that she's so excited about, she's going to quit acting. He's like, she's yeah. not going to A, do a good job and B, she's going to never want to go on an audition again. And so, you know, of course I heard that later growing up and I was like, oh man, that could have been another story on my house. But <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I understand. Yeah, yeah. Like, my, my parents were really good about that. That's awesome. Um, so fast forward just a couple years, I think like it was age six, you were already appearing on like TV shows. Mm-hmm. Um, I know <laughs> one of the roles that I saw was uh, actually w- was interesting was um, playing Leslie Buffet. So for people that have watched Friends, uh, it was a uh, it was like in the last season, I think. Right. Um, but did the one where I, Ross is fine? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> How do you. At that point, like, did you have any idea with, like, the caliber no. of, like, f- no. No, so not, again, not even You're close. just, like, going yeah. in, 
having fun. Cool. Yeah, I mean, I also think that there's an element of living in Los Angeles that kind of desensitizes you to the glamour of Hollywood. And my dad's a musician as well, and so he knows, you know, a bunch of rock legends. And he also, he would do housework, um, like a lot of just different random construction jobs. And he worked a lot for, like, Jeff Goldblum and Matthew Perry as well. So it's like, there was one time that, like, Matthew Perry was getting rid of a bunch of stuff, and I ended up with his piggy bank, because, like, my dad took home a bunch of stuff. And so I remember showing up on set and being like do you remember you had an oscar the grouch piggy bank and it's mine now <laughs> he's like who are you what's happening <laughs> <laughs> that's just yeah that's that's funny um okay so like i'm gonna just keep fast forwarding one um with roles in shows like <laughs> judging amy which my wife is also a big fan of um one of the movies i was interested to see that you were in is Mr. Woodcock. I think Mr. Woodcock yep. gets a really bad rap um, as <laughs> like, I've heard people that are like the stars of it, even like tanking it. And I think for me, like, I think it's, I think it's a okay movie. I think it had like amazing star power. Um, Sean William Scott, in my opinion, is underrated across the board. And I think Amy Poehler is, was incredible in that role, like in that film. So um, yeah. So, how how yeah. was that movie? Mr. Woodcock is actually kind of a sad story because uh, the original script and direction of everything, it was originally, you know, directed by Craig Gillespie, and he had this, you know, really dark vision for it and shot the film, and the studio was like, eh, we need to make it more commercial, and brought on another director and, like, you know, punched up a bunch of the scenes to, you know, make it, you know, appeal to the mass market, which I I think that it totally, you know, butchered his vision and his, his dream, and I was I was really sad about that because I loved Craig. Wow, I didn't know that. That's interesting. Yeah. I, I, hmm. Maybe maybe it can come back out. <laughs> maybe oh, you can gosh. make another. I wish. Yeah, I would love to find you know Craig's original version of it because I, I I know it would be a hundred percent better. Yeah. Wow. Interesting. Yeah. There's so much potential in the, in that cast. Um. And and you know it was still enjoyable enough. But yeah, I, I would love to see the the original intent for it. Um, same. Same. Yeah. Okay. So keep fast forwarding. One of your most notable roles is as Zora Lancaster in <laughs> Disney's Sunny with a Chance and yep, then yep. so random. Um, at this point, I think you're like 12 working alongside Demi Lovato and um, Brandon Michael Smith, along with other people. Mm-hmm. Um, how was that like working with an ensemble cast of people like that? Um, it was, it was a blast. I mean, I was definitely the youngest one. So I, you know, was pretty much the little sister of the cast. And that was, I know we were talking about, you know, I didn't quite clock that it was like a job until I got a little bit older. That was around the time when I started realizing like, you know, oh, I'm an actor and like people are watching this and like I'm on television because up until then, a lot of the projects that I would do, my friends couldn't watch and I couldn't even mm. watch either. It was a lot of R-rated films and, you know, people people would see me in commercials here and there, but most of the film and TV that I was doing, I couldn't see it. And so to me, it's just like, oh, I just went and I, I put on the costume and then I played pretend and then that was it. And it's just it disappeared into the ether. But for Sunny with a Chance, it was actually like, oh, all my friends are watching this. This is on television. People are running up and like bear hugging me in Target going, Zora. And like, <laughs> it was like, you know, millions of people watching. So that's, that's when it really hit like, oh, this is, <laughs> this is something that people are actually paying attention to. Wow. How, so at that age, like, how are you balancing things like school? I know you ended up graduating a little early, like normal, like what kind of yeah. normal teenager things got- were you doing alongside that? Yeah, I had to get pulled out of school when I started the show because uh, my I was in sixth grade, and I remember the sixth grade teacher that I had just 
didn't care, didn't understand, you know, maybe just didn't like that I was an actor and, you know, kids were, would call in sick and, you know, not show up to school for a couple of days and then come back and she would let them make up their work. Whereas, you know, I have a set teacher whenever I'm on a, a set as a child and right. I was like, I, I can do the homework. Like, you just got to tell me what it is in advance. And she's like, I don't know what the lesson plan will be yet. Like, I, I'm not going to like, you know, cater to you. And I was like, I, I'm willing and ready to do the schoolwork. And I was just getting bad grades because she was unwilling. She was like, you're choosing not to show up to school <laughs> was wow. her mentality. So my parents were like, we're not going to let your grades suffer because of this. So they just pulled me out of school and we started homeschooling. Okay. Okay. Did you, yeah. did you still work with like an onset, um, teacher or you like, it was all homeschool at that point? Yeah. Yeah. So, so, uh, I, I had like a homeschool program, but I had a, a set teacher there, you know, you, you need to have a social worker there regardless, um, to, mm-hmm. to take care of you and make sure you're, you're getting your school done and you're, you know, not being worked the long hours of an adult. And, uh, so yeah, it was, it was wonderful. Marsha was my set teacher. And at first we had Demi in the classroom with us as well, but then Demi graduated early. And so then it was just me and Marsha. And Marsha was very good about understanding that I was a child, you know, no matter how professional you are on set and how, you know, well behaved and, you know, working hard. It's like, this is not an adult. This is a child. (laughs) Like, we need to make sure that their well-being is taken care of. So Marsha was very good about, you know, on really busy work days, letting me just come back to the classroom and do art. And so we would have like Mm -hmm. our art days and then we would come in on uh, off weeks and catch up on the rest of the schoolwork. So we could kind of like, you know, yeah, build our curriculum around the shooting schedule so that I was never, you know, overwhelmed with like a huge test and, you know, a bunch of crazy scenes and a live audience taping all in the same day. Yeah, that's like adults can't even like (laughs) fully developed adults can't even handle that. Um, (laughs) Yeah, it it was a lot. But yeah, and that was really when I started like I, I was always into art, but that was when I started taking it a little bit more seriously and like really getting into art professionally. Yeah, cool. Is this so when you're doing the the show, obviously it was like for through Disney um, or for mm-hmm. Disney. Um, is this when you met your now husband, Dylan? Like, is did, yes. you, did your past cross there? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So uh, he was on a show called Kicking It, which was like a kid's mm-hmm. karate show on Disney XD. And they shot across the lot from us. And it was really fun because, um, you know, like I said, I was kind of the little sister of the cast because everybody else was much older than me. And yeah. so when Kicking It came along, all of them were my age. And so especially being pulled out of school and, you know, all my, you know, former school friends, all, you know, forming new, you know, memories and stories and everything and kind of moving on with their lives. And then me, you know, kind of being stuck in this classroom and, and not really having any friends my age. It was really nice to be able to run across the lot. And all of a sudden I'm surrounded by other kids who also had to get pulled out of school and are in the same situation. And so yeah. we, uh, became fast friends, <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> but, but yeah, no, I, I, uh, I had a little bit of a crush on Dylan and I remember the director of Sunday with a chance would, would poke fun at me. I would come back a little bit late from lunch and he's like, Oh, where, where were you? Are you over in uh, somebody's, <laughs> somebody's dressing room hanging out, <laughs> eating lunch? I'm like, shut up, Eric. <laughs> that's yeah. that's normal teenage stuff though that's you know that's it's, it's so that probably helped though like having them there you know because you're not do, i'm assuming you're not doing like things like a homecoming dance or like you know class trips right like you, your life is just yeah. different but like you're getting the social interaction and it's, it's great that they were there 
Yeah, um, I remember trying to convince my dad to sign me up for high school. I was like, in between, you know, seasons, can I, like, go to a regular high school? I was like, I don't care about the grades. I just want to, like, go and experience it. And he was like, there's so much work and homework and everything. He's like, you're not going to like it. It's just going to be busy work. And I'm like, but I want to experience, like, the homecoming and, the you know, the, the different, like, the yeah. football games and everything. And he's like, they do those things to, you know, reward the kids for working hard with all the schoolwork. <laughs> and he's like, you do so much cooler things. He's like, you're backstage at all these concerts and you're meeting celebrities every week for guest stars and I'm like yeah but I want to I want to pick out a prom dress <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I mean it's just it's a whole different world right um yeah do you feel like is there any of those things that you wish you could have done now I mean still? of course but you know I I think that if I had gone any other route I would have wished that I had experienced other things sure. and I I think it's you know a, a give and take and I I definitely had a pretty wild and cool childhood. Yeah. That's awesome. How long were you and Dylan hanging out for lunch before you started? Like, <laughs> you're like, Hey, we're going to like go steady or what? I don't know what the kids say these days. <laughs> <laughs> go steady. Yeah. No, we were actually friends for a really long time because, you know, we were, you know, 12, 13, we both liked each other, yep. but you know, when you're that young, you don't do anything about it. And, mm-hmm. uh, and so the, uh, like I, after a year or two, I started dating somebody and then he started dating somebody and like timing just like never really worked out. And we've actually, we were friends for long enough where we went on double dates, you know, with okay. other partners. And so we have, you know, Facebook memories always love showing me like, Hey, remember this? And it's like us and our exes. I'm like, Oh boy. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, no, I, I always, I always had, you know, a, a thing for Dylan and it was, you know, he, he was always one of my good friends. And I remember some of those double dates looking across the table and being like, man, I wish we could switch. That sucks that timing ever worked out for that. But yeah, yeah, eventually there was just, you know, summer of 2015, we had both gotten out of really, really crappy relationships and just kind of, you know, felt pretty down about, you know, dating in the world and started just hanging out. And, uh, personally for me, I was trying to rebuild like a friend group because my, my entire friend group was attached to my ex. And so, you know, I started hanging out with Dylan a bunch. And uh, I remember I had tickets to go see Fight Club uh, live at uh, Hollywood Forever Cemetery because mm-hmm. they play like the the movies in the and you sit in the graveyard which for anybody who's not from Los Angeles they're like what the hell like that's <laughs> weird and I'm like oh that's just such a normal thing here in Los Angeles like oh yeah go sit in the graveyard and watch a movie <laughs> but but yeah so we went to go see Fight Club and uh, it was it was just life-changing because I remember you know the the line of you know it's only after you've lost everything that you're free to do anything and I'd been feeling really down about you know everything you know all the time wasted and all the friends lost and everything and then I remember just kind of looking over at Dylan and being like oh I can like do anything now like I'm out of that relationship like I can you know pursue anybody do anything yeah it, it works out in time What's yeah. it, uh, to bring it to bring it <laughs> to bring it forward to our AP bio chat for later sometimes love mm-hmm. needs a nudge yes yeah no it was it was wonderful i remember when we first started dating i was like oh this is great you can actually like the person you're dating (laughs) that's a fun change (laughs) yeah wow yeah um so i want to talk i guess um one of one of the things that you've also done is some voiceover work uh with Mm -hmm. jake and the neverland pirates my question on this is um, first of all, I'm, I'm somewhat familiar with the show because I have nieces and nephews. Um, but like as an actress, how hard is it for you to like capture and convey emotion when you know that the audience isn't necessarily seeing your facial expressions, body language, stuff like that? 
You know, oddly enough, I feel like if I look back at any of my characters, there's so much more expression in my voice than anything else. You know, Zora had her own voice attached to her. Obviously, you know, Heather, I'm pretty deadpan the whole time and it's all in the voice and the inflection. So voiceover work has been my favorite. I wish that I could do just all voiceover work all the time. It's, you know, you roll it in your pajamas, <laughs> easy <laughs> in and out. It's, it's so good. That's nice. That's nice. Awesome. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, I, you know, I've always, I've kind of wondered that because, um, because like I said, it's, you're trying to like tell a story obviously still. Um, but yeah, you're right. I, and I guess you just kind of like trust the animators to do their job to match it up. Yeah. Um, my, my dad and I, I yeah, <laughs> my, my dad growing up, like the two of us would just do silly voices constantly. He would, you know, start talking in a Southern accent, calling me peaches. And then I would start talking in a Southern accent, calling him pod. We just had like had all these characters that we would just randomly go into. And so that was just second nature. <laughs> I remember cause oh, yeah. on uh, Sunny with a chance after Demi left, um, we did the spinoff series so random. And so that was all like kids sketch comedy. And so they, yep. you know, the writers took full advantage of my range of voices for that as well <laughs> yeah it's a, it's almost like a crash not that it's it's like a crash course in improv right like that's you you didn't go through maybe and maybe you did but i uh, but formalized training but it's you know you're you're doing it yeah i never really went through like a full course of uh, any sort of acting or improv, I, I would, you know, just kind of stop in classes here and there. Occasionally, you know, a friend would invite me to their acting class or, you know, some teacher that I would meet, they would offer me one free class or something like that. Even that first acting class that I attended where my manager found me, that was the only acting class that I attended, uh, which I think, you know, for, for some people, the, you know, rigorous training can really, really help, you know, hone in on certain things. You know, if you haven't worked so much on like, you know, memorization and, you know, other skills, but for me personally, I think that you just got to find a way to relate to your character, like find what you guys have in common and focus on that instead of, you know, trying to find your character. It's just like, no, figure out what version of yourself is the character and then just do that because then it's going to be so much more real. Yeah. We used to say that in wrestling, too, which is, you know, a very different mm -hmm. form of. But it was the same thing. Not like too different. I feel like <laughs> sketch comedy wrestling. Oh, yeah. <laughs> There's for sure the Venn diagram there. The circles overlap <laughs> for sure. Um, but we used to tell people that, like, because the place that I worked actually was like a training facility, first and foremost. And it was like when people were like, I want my character to be this. And I'm like your personality is not right. Like that's not, <laughs> yep. you, you have to like, it has to be rooted in truth. Like if you don't believe it, the audience isn't going to believe it. So yeah, I've always, I've always disliked doing impressions. That was one thing. Cause you know, sketch comedy, they, they would yep. write in certain impressions for us. And I think they, they quickly, like they, they definitely wrote in some impressions for me to do. Like, I think I played Katy Perry at one point. Um, but they, they definitely realized that I was, you know, like give me some weird character. Like I played like this beaver girl with these huge, buck teeth and I was like raised by beavers <laughs> they would they would give me this stuff that was a little bit more like what the hell is even happening you know, you're flipping through channels and you're like this is Disney channel what's going on there's like a a strange like man dressed as a bird and what's happening <laughs> but those are ownable like those characters become ownable like you like you said it's like you can make that character Yep. Being yeah. Katie I was always like, weird. There's already a Katy Perry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right? Yeah. Cause then people are just comparing you to the real thing. Whereas, you know, I get to make it anything I want. If I just see a script and it's like, Oh, beaver girl. Perfect. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, I want to talk on the YouTube series that you had Astrid Clover or have mm -hmm. still, I think it's still active, but, um, can you tell us how that came together? And, um, <laughs> and, <laughs> 
And, and yeah. it has, it's built quite a following, quite honestly. Yeah. So, I mean, I've always been into writing and filmmaking my entire life. You know, every single weekend, uh, my my dad, you know, we got a little like camcorder and I would invite friends over. And instead of my friends being like, oh, you know, what should I bring to the sleepover? Like snacks, movies. They were always like, what wardrobe do I need to bring? Do you have a script ready for me yet? <laughs> and I was handing out scripts like the week before at school. And I would call up the parents too and be like, hey, when you're dropping Brittany off, like, can you stay an extra 30 minutes and play the mom in my short film and they're like sure Allison okay so like I recruited everybody and their parents for all of my films and uh when I like right after Sunny with a Chance when I had like a little bit of time off um I remember I, I booked a couple pilots that didn't get greenlit and so just in kind of that downtime there was Awesomeness TV which was created by Brian Robbins who was you know one of the executive producers uh on Sunny with a Chance and so he already loved me and wanted to continue working with me I started writing sketches for him and so in this process of writing sketches for him I was just you know constantly writing and one of the characters that I came up with was this Astrid Clover character it was when like you know hipsters was a big thing you know with like the penny boards and you know the ukuleles and you know everybody wearing sweaters and loving cats and whatnot and so the Astrid Clover character kind of started out as like you know poking fun at this like hipster you know kind of character Mm -hmm. And uh, the original episodes were very much like it was usually based around some stupid pun. So we'd be like looking for the underground music scene. And then we would just literally go underground into these like tunnels under Los Angeles. (laughs) And we'd be like getting in knife fights and being chased by like sketchy people. And then we would actually find some band playing there (laughs) underneath Los Angeles. (laughs) And yeah, it was was really fun. We had a lot of stupid stuff like, you know, uh, rafting down like the Los Angeles River, which is not something to raft down. It was very gross, very (laughs) dirty. Um, But yeah, I mean, it was kind of just something that, I mean, my dad and I, we we just, like like I said, we've always done this. We love, you know, working together. We love creating together. We love making people laugh. And I love doing that with my friends as well. And so Astrid Clover, you know, it started out as a couple sketches. I was like, oh yeah, maybe I'll like, you know, I'll I'll post a couple sketches or like I'll create something. And then I just kind of kept putting them out. And then, you know, it was a couple months later and I'd been doing one every single Friday. And Mm -hmm. then seven years later I was still doing it every single Friday and you know the longer it went on I was like well now I can't miss a week and and so yeah it just it just kept evolving and especially when you know YouTube became what it is now with you know creators having such a big platform on there and it becoming more of like oh you can be a YouTuber and now that is your entire job and you know a source of income the Astrid Clover character kind of morphed into this like character who you know never went to college didn't has never had a real job and she just has this like goal of becoming youtube famous and that's all she cares about (laughs) and there's not really like a goal after that she's just like i gotta make that one viral video and then i'll be set and it's like what does that mean like set for what like like revenue from that she just like has no plan it's just like this you know goal of a viral video and uh and so it was kind of you know the pursuit of us you know trying to make up our own trends and then you know piggybacking off of other trends you know tide pod challenge of course and (laughs) and then uh and then uh you know at the same time you know struggling to stay afloat not get kicked out of the parents house and you know taking random sketchy craigslist craigslist jobs in order to (laughs) you know make a quick buck on the side and it, it just always goes very wrong so yeah and and uh like i said you know recruiting friends has always been you know a big part of it and and that was something so fun about astrid is that I've had like every person in my life on the show. Yeah. <laughs> it's like it kind of became this almost like diary of my teenage years. Yeah. 
And, That's awesome. Um, it's yeah. like a virtual scrapbook. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I definitely, so I, I, you know, have been posting videos and it, it's only actually in the last few months as things are picking up with other writing projects of mine that I was like, okay, I think it's finally time to like wrap up the Astro Clover series. I rem- remember I was stressing out over the summer of like how to end this series. I was like, it's been seven years. I got to do something with it. And, you know, I was thinking of like the death of Astro Clover. I was like, maybe she like, you know, maybe she thinks she's getting a job with like a cannabis delivery service but it ends up being a cartel and like you know maybe she's skimming off the top and then she gets in trouble and then she's being chased by them maybe she's being chased by the authorities too and I was like uh, I was like coming up with all these ideas and I was like maybe she's trying to fake her own death and then she maybe she accidentally dies <laughs> while she's trying to fake her own death and I was like then we can have a memorial service and we can you know bring back everybody who's ever been a part of the series to just like you know be there and they can say a few words or something and then you know maybe end it with like you know in the forest with like you know a couple of the other characters the whole stranger things you know put the waffles in the in the box and we see like Astrid's <laughs> living out in the woods or something and you know as I was planning this whole thing out I was like that's gonna take so much time and so much money and effort and like the whole reason why I needed to like stop the series was because you know my feature film and my, my other projects it's like they're picking up and I was like I don't have <laughs> the energy and the time to put all, all this effort in um, so I, I ended up being like you know what like my me and my filmmaking crew uh, over at Watch the Foot I was mm-hmm. like, you know, we've we've been talking about doing like some noir flick. And uh, so I was like, let me just put all the efforts into the noir flick. So <laughs> there is a, you know, this is a little, little teaser for you. But we have we shot a like neo noir film that we're going to release on the Asher Clover channel as the final episode <laughs> with no oh, explanation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's just going to be like us playing these random different characters and it's all going to be black and white like shot on a cinema camera because the style of the whole show has been like oh we're just vloggers and you know right. the the ca- like cameraman is a character and and you know my husband Dylan he plays boom guy and so he is right. the boom operator running the audio so it's very like guerrilla style filmmaking but for this like we should like we made like a nice like quality ridiculous short film and we all collaborated on the script together like my dad built a rain machine and we got the fog <laughs> machine and the rain machine and it's this crazy short film and I'm just gonna put it up on the channel and it's just gonna say Finn at the end <laughs> people yeah. are gonna be like that didn't wrap up anything and I'm gonna be like yeah, Astro Clover was never for you it was all for me anyway so <laughs> I just want to create with my friends that was the whole point of it anyway yeah, yeah, and you you don't want to you like you, you don't have to be stressful. It's like it's supposed to be fun and an outlet. Yeah, and all those things. Yeah. That's I was awesome. like, I don't Thanks want it to be spoiler. all about me anyway. Yeah, of course. Yeah. It, <laughs> it's currently called Maltese Falcon Three. I don't know what it'll be. End, it'll end up being called once we finish it. But uh, I'll keep, keep an eye, eye for up. It. Yeah, yeah. Astro Clover YouTube channel and catch up on all of our other episodes. Not that that storyline will have anything to do with the final episode. Yeah, you have it was like three hundred something plus videos, I think, on the channel. Oh yeah, right? I know. Three, yeah, I know we have over three fifty. Yeah, it's yeah. Whew. <laughs> that's a lot. A lot but of, it's awesome. lot of that's content. Awesome that you have that. Yeah, um, it's a it's fun rabbit hole if you ever have an afternoon free. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's switch. Let's let's talk about AP Bio a little bit. So obviously, you mentioned it earlier. You play Heather Wilmore, which is um, mm-hmm. I think a f- a fan favorite of character on the show um and also like i mentioned earlier mr griffin's favorite student um uh what how fun is it to be heather like on that show (laughs) yeah i mean i remember getting the audition for heather and it just said mousy glasses 
Mm-hmm. That was the character description I got. <laughs> so I had I had a lot of free reign to just kind of make it my own. And um, I remember going into the waiting room and all the other actresses there were very charactery. Like, you know, this is what they they do as actors. I, I kind of ride that weird middle line of like, sometimes my agents send me out for the cheerleader and sometimes they send me out for the nerd. And so I, I can kind of, you know, like chameleon. Mm-hmm. So when I when I showed up and I saw that everybody was very charactery, I was like, okay, so this is what they're going for. And I remember being like, what do high schoolers look like, or what, how do high schoolers act? And so I went to the bathroom and I did a bunch of jumping jacks to get really sweaty because I was like, high schoolers are always sweaty. And yeah. I just <laughs> like I, I as I was walking in, created the voice. <laughs> like the cast member was like, hey, how's it going? And I was like, hey, <laughs> and just <laughs> ran with it the whole time. I stayed in character, and I remember Mike O'Brien after. Afterwards, uh, you know, after we had shot a couple episodes coming up to me during season one and being like, I was really surprised to find out you were a normal person. <laughs> I thought you were just <laughs> accidentally really great for the role. <laughs> so, yeah, that that aspect of Heather has been, you know, really fun getting to create this very strange character. And, you know, as Mike and the other writers got to know me, incorporating, incorporating like different parts of my own personality into Heather mm-hmm. was really cool to see. I remember being like, they're spying on us. They're listening to our microphones because you know even by episode eight of season one when we were i I don't know if they reordered them but it it was uh the party episode uh where we're all like drinking and so uh, i my i had two tattoos at the time that i was telling my castmates about you know privately off in the cast room which is why i was like they're listening to our microphones but i had two tattoos one of them being like an el hemador tequila tattoo and the other one being a fight club tattoo and i remember just talking about like drinking and fighting people and then you know a couple weeks later we've got this episode where i'm like i want to get drunk wake up in addiction fight people and i'm like they know (laughs) (laughs) heather's trying to pick a fight with people at a party yeah that's that's awesome and if if you're if you're listening in and are a fan um like i said we had charlie mccracken on he also is a Mm -hmm. writer for people on the show um and plays dick novak coach novak um Mm -hmm. that was one of the things he mentioned is like because we talked about like writing for a wide range of characters right like because when you look at even just the students like you have a full spectrum everyone is like very supposed to be like a very smart sort of like nerdier kid but like Mm -hmm. they all have these these amazing backstories um and the things that end up coming out right so i ask him like how is that to try to like write for all those and he's like obviously you know like with the sketch and improv background it helps to sort of match up but a lot of it is like you start getting to know the actors because they um inform so much of who those characters are and then you kind of like start writing for them and and you know like you know then you you marry it to the improv version of like this is an anthony joke this is a marcus joke whatever um but i I found that fascinating Um, i know we had the whole thing thing. Yeah, Yeah, because we had the whole schwank thing, and, you know, I'm such a big horror fan, and so, you know, all of a sudden, Heather's a big horror fan, too, and then, you know, our season four, Heather has a web series. (laughs) Yeah, of course. I'm like, hmm, yeah. (laughs) But it's awesome, because like you said, it it works, and it feels, it feels like very genuine. Absolutely. Um, with season four, like you mentioned, it was just released last month, and and we kind of just talked about this t- uh, slightly. But I love that as we progress, like you get more and more of the backstories of the students. Um, and I think season four did a really good job of like showing some of the other kids, right, and like some of their backstories. My wife wanted me to ask you. This is a question from her. Hell yeah. Which one of the actors is most like their character in real life, and which one oh. is the least? Those were her. Those were her questions. 
That's really <laughs> difficult uh, because, you know, like we were just talking about, the writers started shaping everybody to their characters. Um, the least like their character, I would definitely say um, Aparna playing Sarika. She's, mm-hmm. you know, uh, she's she's a sweetheart and she definitely has her like fiery side. We all call her the Barracuda, but she's not this, you know, like preppy straight A's like, you know, of, of course she, you know, has those elements as well. And she, you sure. know, is, you know, her perfectionist self, but she's a lot cooler than Sarika. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. She's, she's way more fun than Sarika and she's, she's kick ass. She's, she's so cool. Um, the most like their character. I mean, in the original pilot, uh, I remember the Dan Decker character was, you know, supposed to be a bully. And, you know, I think they quickly dropped that as soon as they, you know, met Spence and he's just the friendliest, coolest guy on the planet. They quickly, you know, morphed his character into being, you know, yo, 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 JG. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. So they, they definitely made him his character very quickly. Yeah. He's, so that's funny. My next question is, um, is this is one of my favorite storylines, this sort of like, the hinting at this sort of love story between Heather and Dan mm-hmm. Decker, um, sort of this like, I, I guess like maybe opposites attract. Is that like the right way to look at it? Um, <laughs> yeah, like, I mean, <laughs> Heather definitely is. Um, she's she's got the. I, I know you know articles have said like you know unfurling her freak flag and things like that. But I, I think <laughs> you know we've definitely hinted in some episodes at like I know Dan says like I'm looking for a real woman and I think mm-hmm. you know Heather's pretty grown up in a lot of ways. You know she definitely has you know certain things on her mind that maybe are a little old for her. And so I think that relationship between them is kind of like ooh like we're you know a little bit older than (laughs) than the rest of everybody they're all doing this kid stuff and we're looking for something real yeah that's um i i'm interested to see where that goes honestly like i i hope there's so much more to that because even just like i don't know if you've seen there's like a there's actually a really great like compilation video that somebody put together on youtube yes of like the the love story of and it's like really good because there are moments even though like it hasn't been that long ago right where i'm like oh shit i forgot that happened in season two or whatever yeah anytime that they could they would always catch these little moments and you know especially as soon as i knew that was the direction that they were leaning it's like you know anytime they would like dan would say something i'd always like look over and smile at him and they'd be like oh we need to get an insert on that and so they, yeah. they started you know hamming that up more and more and, and so we have a, a lot of nice little moments sprinkled throughout all four seasons that's awesome that's awesome um do you have a favorite episode of the show that you i mean filmed? yeah there, um, there are so many good ones but <laughs> i i remember from season one that party episode was the mm-hmm. one where it was actually one of the most difficult episodes to film but the cast bonded so much during that episode that it was kind of this like pivotal moment for all of us as friends where it's like we went from being friends to like oh we're we're inseparable now these are like this is my family yeah so that was that was special because we were all just you know so sleep deprived and we would kind of (laughs) joke about you know it's like army buddies it's like we were in the trenches together so now we're yeah we're brothers for life kind of thing (laughs) but but, uh but yeah so i think you know that one was special for those reasons and then you know from this season doing all the janet fist stuff was so fun you know getting to play (laughs) like an entirely different character because 
you know, I, I obviously, I love Heather and, you know, I, I love working on the show, but, you know, doing the same character in the same set, you know, just sitting in a classroom and, you know, occasionally making a sexual joke here and there, yeah. <laughs> it can get pretty tedious. I, you know, I started jokingly calling it my desk job. I was like, damn it. The yeah. whole reason why I wanted to become an actor was that I wouldn't have to <laughs> A, go to school or, and, and B, sit at a desk job all the time. And now I'm sitting here in school at a desk <laughs> as my work. I was like, I wanted to become an actor so that I'd be like on sets and, you know, moving around and, and yeah. you know, experiencing something <laughs> new every day. So then doing Janet Fist, it was nice to, you know, get out of the classroom, you know, dress completely differently. And, you know, we were all kind of like, oh, this is real acting now. Like, you know, when it's just yeah. you and one other person in a scene and it's like, oh, we get blocking because, you know, for the students sitting in the, the classroom all the time, it's like, we don't have blocking. We're just at our desks. Right. <laughs> right. Just hanging out. <laughs> yeah. Um, cool. I want to talk about some of the, you mentioned this earlier, like some of the writing and producing and stuff that you've been doing on Mm -hmm. short films and then like, you know, features. Um, what is, how has that been like as a good sort of compliment to the desk, let's call it the desk job. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I, I do that out of, you know, necessity from my soul. It's, you know, it's always been my passion to be, you know, a storyteller and, you know, work with my friends and my father and, and, you know, now Dylan as well, of course. And, it's just like I said, it's a necessity. That's that's what I do, and that's my passion. And there's there's this funny element of you know I, I definitely like acting has been fun, and it's definitely gotten me where I am. But I consider myself like a filmmaker and a writer, and that's my dream. That's what I want to do. And I'm like you know one day I'm gonna have to you know really really shift over into that. And I'm I'm trying to make that that transition smoothly now. Just you know focusing on primarily filmmaking. And I'm like huh, I've never heard anybody be like I had to quit acting to pursue my dream that's right, right. the flip-flop <laughs> um but yeah no I've, I've i've always loved writing and you know since uh 2015 when uh dylan and i started dating um we started you know writing and producing directing short films together alongside our buddy brian morrison who he had just gone into film school he's been a you know longtime family friend of mine and i remember uh I, I met him actually because i was out on the east coast speaking at a charity event for kids and i got stuck in hurricane sandy out there so Mm. I ended up spending a lot more time in Maryland than I was originally planning on and I met Brian uh, Morrison and his father Bob and their whole family and they ended up kind of being like our east coast doppelgangers like our family had really weird like overlapping similarities like our parents got married on the same year one day apart and I was the exact same age as Brian and our younger sisters were the same age like all the same favorite things and hobbies movies like Brian and I were both really into like making zombie films at the time so I remember just being out there, you know, at 16 years old, being like, we should make a movie one day. So, you know, 2015 rolled around and, and I remember Bob called me up. He's like, hey, Brian's in film school now, but maybe, you know, over the summer or something, I can fly him out if you guys want to shoot a short film together. Uh, originally, he was like, if you guys want to shoot a movie together. And so yeah. I think he was thinking, you know, like, oh, big, like, like do some big feature film. And, you know, at my years of experience, I've been on plenty of sets that have, you know, gotten totally derailed because people didn't know what they were doing or they didn't have a big enough budget. And I was like, let's do a short film first so we started very small and you know every year uh bob would fly brian out and then he started coming out for the productions as well and we would do you know short films and then it kind of evolved into like you know a little bit longer short films and you know more actors bigger locations bigger budgets and then we started crowdfunding so that we could you know have access to better gear and you know dylan started acquiring some of the gear as well and then we we finally got to the point where we're like okay we're, we're ready for our feature now so that's you know eaten up the past year of of mine as prepping and preparing for this feature 
here and I'm I'm so excited. It's it's one of those difficult things where it's hard as a writer to feel like you're working and you're a writer until it's actually made. So it's like, it's not until the project is completely done that it's like, okay, look, this is what I've been doing for the past year. See, (laughs) but yeah, yeah, it's, it's been a lot of behind the scenes, hard work that that nobody's seen yet. (laughs) When do you have a a date that that's going to be out? And available oh, absolutely not. Uh, hopefully no? as soon as possible. Yeah. But if you follow uh, me and then also my production company, watch the footage, um, I'll okay. definitely be posting about it. We're in like the pre pre-production stages right now. Just lots of budgeting stuff and, and location scouting. And we've got a team that we're working with in Austin, Texas, um, where we're oh, planning cool. on shooting. And and yeah, we're going to have to go into, you know, actor negotiations, everything. It's it's yeah. a whole world. It's, it's a little bit more complicated <laughs> than just calling up my friend and her mom and being like, hey, sure. come on. it's like, no, now we got to go through all like, you know, the SAG and the union stuff and, you know, having, you know, we've got in real investors now. So there's a lot of paperwork. I keep joking that it's like my least favorite part of filmmaking. It's like sure. all the stuff that you have to do first, but I'm, yeah. I'm glad that we're going to get it all out of the way and then we're going to move on to the fun stuff. Yeah. Yeah. It'll be worth it. It'll be worth it. That's yes. awesome. Absolutely. Um, I have one more question in the first round. Uh, I want to <laughs> ask about your artwork. And so you mentioned yeah. this earlier, like started doing art and like showing it even in galleries and things like that. Um, and you have an Etsy store now, which has mm-hmm. some really cool stuff on it. We can put all the links and stuff in there in the show notes. Oh, um, what like what made you start getting into to like, I guess, is it I, we would call it visual art versus I guess movies and stuff are visual art, too. So it's a different medium. <laughs> It's all art. It's all connected. Um, But yeah, my my dad is, you know, a musician and an artist. And so I've always grown up in a creative household where art supplies were always right there. And it was also a way for my dad to keep me entertained when, you know, Mm -hmm. I'm four and a half years old, five years old, going to these auditions where it's like I have to sit in the waiting room for an hour, you know, while they're seeing everybody. He would always bring, you know, a whole bunch of like uh, colored pencils and crayons and, you know, sketchbooks and everything so that I could sit there and I could doodle and draw. And, and so it's, it's always been, you know, in my blood and I've been, you know, painting and drawing ever since I could pick up a paintbrush. But yeah, like I said, you know, at age like 14, 15, when I was on Sunny with a Chance, that's when I really started taking it a lot more seriously. I was originally, you know, I would just give all of my art away. It was just every mm-hmm. birthday, you know, Christmas, everything. I was just always giving everybody my artwork. I remember I would just let people come in and be like, all right, pick something out for your birthday. Happy <laughs> birthday. Um, and then uh, I remember it was actually one of the creators of Sandy of the Chance, uh, Michael Feldman. He saw some of my work and he asked me to create a piece. It was like a, I was doing mm-hmm. three-dimensional artwork where I'd create portraits of people um, using like things that describe their personality. So it's like, if somebody was really into fashion, I would get like a little Barbie like coat hanger and I would make that their smile. And it's like, if they were, Mm -hmm. you know, into collecting quarters, then I'd make their eyes like collectible quarters. And, you know, like whatever it was, I would kind of build them out of everything that they loved. If they loved film, then I would use like, you know, undeveloped film for their hair kind of thing. So, uh, the creator of the show, Michael Feldman, he saw that and he wanted me to create a portrait for his family. And so I, I did. And then like a year or so later, it ended up 
like uh, the frame broke or something. And so he had to take it into this shop to uh, get it fixed. It was decor art galleries. And uh, the woman who ran the, the gallery, she was like, oh my gosh, this is so cool. Like, who did this? What is this? And he was like, oh, it's this like little 15 year old girl on a show that I, <laughs> I work on, um, does all this crazy art. And she was like, wow, I'd love to host a, a gallery showing for her. And so Michael called me up and I all of a sudden had this gallery showing. <laughs> and it was also right at the same time that uh, a close family friend of ours, they had just lost their uh, dad to cancer. So what I did, I, I, you know, was talking with the gallery owner, you know, she was asking about like percentages and how to kind of work that out. And I told her that I just wanted anything that I made from it to just go to the family for paying medical expenses. And so she thought that was really wonderful. And so she just, you know, waived any of her, you know, commissions or anything. And so all hundred percent of the money was all going to the family, which was really cool. And, and it was just, you know, this moment of having, you know, being 15 years old and, you know, always drawing for fun. And then all of a sudden having a bunch of, you know, everybody in my life coming and buying my artwork. And we made like over $4,000 for the family. And I was like, oh, like I can actually sell this. Like people want this. This I I guess I'm an artist. (laughs) This isn't just my little hobby on the side. And so that's when I really started, you know, feeling a little bit more like an artist. And I think that was like a really magical moment. And, you know, I I hope to one day in the future as well, you know, maybe be able to work with kids and, and have, you know, something where I can maybe open some doors and not opportunities, you know, for young artists to like get gallery showings, you know, at that age. Cause I think that's just such a magical moment to be like, Hey, people care, <laughs> people care yeah. about your work and you can do something with this. You don't have to, you know, follow the normal path of, of life and the course that everybody tells you to, you can do something creative and, and still, you know, make that into your career. Yeah, no, that's awesome. That's, that's amazing. Cause I feel like so much people put emphasis on, just like the traditional uh, route, mm-hmm. you know, of like do this and then you go to school and then you, you know, so it's it's awesome yeah, to have yeah. to to let people see that opportunity. Awesome. Those are my questions for the first round. Um, are you you want to jump into the second <laughs> round where Absolutely. you can finally ask one of yours? Um, Hell this yeah. round is called the five for five. It's probably not something you're familiar with, but um, it's named after a an Arby's culinary meal from the 1990s so you could get five classic roast beef sandwiches for five dollars that makes sense there we go yeah 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 so um you are the guest so i I will by all means i'll allow you to go first and then we'll just ping pong back and forth perfect okay i've I've got a couple fun ones prepared all right um so be honest uh what film have you watched the most amount of times and not like favorite film but just like what do you think that you have probably watched the most amount of times um (laughs) <laughs> it's probably unintentionally because it's always on like basic cable, I feel like. And so exactly. I would see it like on the weekends and stuff. Um, I'm going to say we are the Millers. Have you seen <laughs> oh, that movie? Oh, yeah. That's a fun <laughs> film. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The first time I watched it, I, I feel like I caught it like not at the beginning because I had never seen it. Like I had never set out to see it. Um, yep. <laughs> and then I like, I pieced the rest of it together. Like the next time it was on, I think it's on like TBS or something. So it yep. runs like, you know, all the time. So I feel like I've probably seen that movie about 117 times at this point. <laughs> oh gosh. Yeah, yeah exactly. Cause that's the thing is like, you know, what film have you seen the most? Everybody wants to jump and talk about their favorite film. And I'm like, no, no, no. <laughs> Unintentional. Yeah. The one that's on airplanes all the time or, you know, any parent can tell you it's probably frozen. <laughs> oh yeah. 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 See, I escaped that. We don't have, we don't have our own kids, which is, um, which is, has high five. Not, yeah. Not that there's anything wrong with frozen. I'm sure it's a great movie, but I don't want to watch it like 15 times a day. Um, same, same. So, yeah. 
That's awesome. That's a great question. And I, it's definitely where the Millers now that I'm thinking of it. It's for sure. <laughs> yeah. Maybe a close That's second great. would be like Grown Ups on one of oh, the Grown yep. Ups marathons. Because yeah. same channel, right? Like it's just on in mm-hmm. the background. Love it. <laughs> um, my first question for you. Ooh, first, I should. I guess I should clarify this. You you are a vegetarian, correct? And have been for quite I some am. time? Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Cool. So I just wanted to make sure again, you never know with mm-hmm. research, right? Um, <laughs> so you've been vegetarian for quite some time, which is pretty starkly the opposite of my diet. Um, I would consider <laughs> myself somewhat of like a fast foodie. So if you could recommend Ooh. one fast food vegetarian option that I should try, what would you recommend? Oh, fun. Okay. Well, California definitely caters a lot more to dietary needs. So I don't know exactly what you have available there, but (laughs) the Beyond Burgers and the Impossible Burgers are getting better and better. Personally, uh, Carl's Jr. I think has the best one. Um, So those those are pretty kick-ass, at least out here. But also, I have a lot of fun at Taco Bell because they let you kind of make the order your own. And what I found is you can order a quesadilla and ask them to put put potatoes in it and put beans in it and sour cream. And I get extra of that, like, you know, the spicy jalapeno sauce. And it is just like, you know, like it's, it's easier to eat than a burrito. Cause it's all like flattened and it's yeah. got that crispy element because of the quesadilla. So highly recommend quesadilla, get it packed with potatoes and beans and everything. And it's a, it's a full meal, but you know, you got that yeah. satisfying crunch. Oh, so good. That sounds amazing actually. Yeah. I almost <laughs> feel like that's almost like cheating. Um, because <laughs> because it, it sounds yep. so good no that's yep. great uh and we do have taco bell here for sure i don't think we have carl's jr i think are they, they're the same mm, as hardy's, hardy's though yeah, yeah yeah so we have yeah. hardy's but i don't know to your point i don't know if because of the regional differences mm-hmm. if they would have as many of the um although it's it's becoming more and more commonplace that the yeah the, a lot of grocery stores they have like yeah, the um yeah. impossible meat and the beyond meat and i i definitely recommend trying it it's it's enough to where i have a lot of vegetarian friends and family that do not eat it because it tastes too real oh okay so yeah yeah i've never tried any it's almost like a a badge of honor or something but uh, i'm I'm willing (laughs) to try it (laughs) yeah absolutely well yeah i think you know my my big thing is is for the environment as well i'm like hey if i can you know (laughs) help a little bit with you know climate change and you know uh factory farming if i can you know just cut it out of my own diet it's it's a little bit easier thing for me you know everybody's got their whole like you know i i like long showers but i can eat a little bit you know greener yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah. It's like you make the little trade-offs that you can that Exactly. You can yeah. Awesome. It's time for your second question for me. Ooh. All right. Uh, okay. I've got a fun one. Uh, what's the biggest thing that you kept from your parents as a teenager? Uh, <laughs> um, I want to make sure I understand the question. So something that they gave me when I was a teenager? Oh, no, no, have? no. This biggest secret. Oh, secret. Hmm. <laughs> So what's as the biggest teenager. secret that you've kept from your parents as a, okay. <laughs> as a teenager? Uh, I was actually a really like good kid. I didn't really do a lot. So I got to think, um, I and was a, lot a pretty of them good have... kid too, but everybody's got there, you know, yeah, dying yeah. in a field of alcohol poisoning. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Oh, okay. Yeah, I have mine. Um, I, th- <laughs> I like most... how I said that and that triggered the memory. Yeah, it triggered. <laughs> um, we, I think because I'm like, because I'm older and even my younger brothers, I have two younger brothers and they're both like in their late thirties at this point. So like mm-hmm. most of them have now come out, you know what I mean? As like 
it's like something we can finally tell our parents and they won't like get pissed about. But yeah, yeah. I don't think that they know this, that we in the year between high school, uh, high school. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. The year between high school and college that summer, we were very bored. Um, I grew up in a very rural part of Indiana that was just outside of Cincinnati, <laughs> Ohio. And, um, and we invented, not invented, we started like going around and stealing <laughs> road signs as like uh, a yes. form of entertainment. And so in the country, there are so many road signs that are very entertaining. Like there was like watch for horse drawn vehicle. Um, <laughs> somebody had like a, a small plane. So it said like low flying aircraft. So like we would go oh, around and like take them. Cool. Um, and then we would we would um, store them at like different people's houses because almost everybody had like barns or like, you know, secondary yes. garages or whatever. Um, and I kind of forgot about them. And then uh, fast forward a few years <laughs> we had a couple in like this shed at my parents' house. And so we in order to get rid of them without my parents knowing um, I was like a full on adult at this point. And me and my brothers left in the middle of the night. We went to the shed, got the, the signs out, took them to my grandmother's house and sunk them in her <laughs> pond. <laughs> so, so uh, that they would like be Etsy. hidden. I could have, I could have, but, um, yeah. yeah, it was, so that's how we got rid of the evidence. So I, I think that they still don't know that, but they might oh, that's now, fantastic. now after this. <laughs> <laughs> All right, there we go. You're caught. Yeah. <laughs> uh, my second question for you is if you had to pick a single TV character from any show, any time period that you w wish you could have portrayed, who would it be and why? Ooh, that I wish I could have portrayed. That's a difficult thing because all of the best characters, like all of my favorite characters, I wouldn't have wanted to play them because I want that person to be that yeah. character and play them. And I'm like, oh, I wouldn't have wanted to like change what that is. <laughs> um, but yeah, let me think just out of fun. I mean, playing any character on Walking Dead would have just been oh, such a fun yeah. time on set. Um, I've also always wanted to play an FBI agent and I'm a big fan of Mindhunter. And so okay. I would have loved to be any character on Mindhunter, you know, interviewing these serial killers, you know, sitting across from that actor who played Ed Kemper. Holy cow. So <laughs> incredible. Fantastic. That's awesome. That's a great answer. I love like true crime stuff. We, we're like obsessed oh, with the first 48 in our house. I don't yeah, know if you ever watched that, yeah. but I, oh God, I love that show. It's so good. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah, I have to go in like, you know, I, I go in waves of like, you know, binging like some crime show and then oh, just yeah. having the worst nightmares and like being a really yep. stressed out person being like, OK, now it's time to watch a comedy series again. Right. You got to balance, balance it, out. it out. Yeah. <laughs> Jinx. Yeah. We um, we used to also listen to the police scanner as entertainment when we lived in downtown oh. Chicago because it was we were very poor when we first moved here. And, um, that was another thing that was got to be nightmare inducing. Cause we would listen to it overnight Ooh. while we were sleeping and you're like, Oh my, all the worst stuff that's happening at like three in the morning. Right. So like, yeah, even if you weren't like actively listening, it was like coming in. Right. So, oh, wow. Um, that's a lot. Yeah. yeah I watch a lot so of like body that. cam footage as well. And it's mm. oh, awful. It's terrifying. <laughs> <laughs> and like firefighters as well. Like firefighters yeah. have the gnarliest stories. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oof. Goodness gracious. <laughs> yes. Real life can be so scary, honestly. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. All right. It's time for your third question. All right. Okay. Uh, what is the stupidest injury you've ever gotten? 
Oh, this, okay, yeah, this, I don't even have to think about this one. In college, I was drunk, um, and we had people over at our apartment. We lived off campus in an apartment, but um, we were drinking, and um, I went to go, I don't even remember what I was getting, but I, I went to go into, like, the be- my bedroom, which was off of the living room, and for whatever reason, like, I didn't turn a light on, and I stepped, um, I was barefoot, I stepped on a hanger, and so it punctured the bottom oh, of my foot. No, no. Uh-huh, yep. And, um, Oy. and, uh, my, my wife now, we were not married at the time, but she ended up taking me to the emergency room, um, because Cute. I couldn't remember if I had a, had had a tetanus shot or not. Oh um, my God. and it was like the emergency room in the County where I grew up. So like it was the hospital I was born in. Um, and, uh, it ended up that I did have to get a tetanus shot that night. Um, and it was really, really, really like inflamed and stuff for a long oh, time. It was no. like really gross on the bottom of your foot. And then you have to like go around explaining to people. Cause you know, when you injure your foot, <laughs> that you're walking around like in a the dark story. over rusty yeah. hangers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I stepped on a wire hanger. That's it. <laughs> um, oh, yeah. That's the dumbest that's so injury good. for sure. Cause it, it was just so preventable, you know, but here we are. I love it. I love so, it. So like what? Yeah, $300 anytime. later, probably. Yeah. Anytime you're drinking, that's <laughs> oh, always yeah. the start. Somebody, so many good. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's not too bad because I have a friend who uh, she broke her leg twerking. So I mm. don't think it gets any worse than that. I am. I would probably be in a full body cast if I attempted to twerk. That's I'm too yeah, old and way too out of shape you, for that. Yeah. You like put your legs up on the wall or something uh-huh. and it just went terribly wrong. And oh uh, she tells everybody that she fell downstairs. Yeah. Yeah. I. <laughs> I might have a secondary contender now that I'm thinking about it. A couple, this was just a couple years ago. I at home was uh, getting dressed for work in the morning, and I, mm-hmm. and I was standing up in the kitchen, and I like pulled my leg up to put a sock on, and ended up toppling over. And in the process of toppling over, I put my hand out to catch myself, and my I my hand went all the way down this brick wall, and it like it like removed. I had to call into work and be like, I'm gonna be late today because. I was putting a sock on and fell over and then skinned my hand up. Like you said that okay. you were getting dressed and I was like, wait, is this going to be another coat hanger story? Oh God. No, but that's I've, pretty great. I've moved on to plastic hangers at this point in my life. <laughs> I'm scarred. Yeah. And now all the walls are padded. You just keep. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I, I basically live in a crate. <laughs> Love it. Love it. Uh, safety first, you know. Just put um, the socks on your hand like babies. <laughs> yeah. When you sleep so you don't scratch that's yourself. So embarrassing. Putting a sock on. Yep. That's, that's you have so much to look forward to as you get older. <laughs> oh, it's already hitting me. You know, like uh, my, my husband and I talk about it all the time. of like, oh, we're not young anymore. You know, we try to go on a roller coaster and we get off being like, oh, we're not going to walk the same. <laughs> yeah. Like that was that was a time. <laughs> I was just talking to somebody yesterday about like, maybe it was two days ago. I was like, I never understood why my parents never slept in. And it's just because you just can't sleep for long when you're old. <laughs> like your body's just like, you're done. Everything it's five o'clock. <laughs> yep. <laughs> yeah. So I know, you know there's certain times where I'm like, uh, I'm like, you know, modern medicine is great and all, but I don't think we were supposed to live this long. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I honestly subscribe to that. So, yeah. oh man. I think I've passed my prime already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'm checking out. Um, <laughs> Wait, I've got another 60 years. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> it I can't only even gets worse. That. No, I, you know, yeah, there's at some point you have to look at quality of life versus 
like what's what's going on I know that sounds terrible but I just like I, oh. that's how I feel I know Dylan and I always talk about you know once we hit that that old age where it's like you know we don't want any assistance you know yeah. having to get up out of bed and you know wash yeah. ourselves everything we're just we're just gonna get a boat and just go out into the ocean yep. just say bye yep. to everybody amen just right off into the sunset well that's the exactly. only reason that I'm nice to my nieces and nephews is because I'm like shit I don't have my own kids they're gonna have to be around to like take care of me you know so I'll buy their love yep. if I have to yeah um, but yeah, I don't want it like works. strangers taking care of me. At least, at least oh, my nieces and yeah. nephews can do it and talk shit about me, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Uh, my third question for you in this round is what is your favorite family tradition? <laughs> um, the first one that comes to mind is for Thanksgiving, we make turkey hats, which is oh. ironic because we're all vegetarians. So I don't yeah. know why <laughs> that became a thing, but we take like construction paper. So it's like brown construction paper and then little white, like you make the little eyes and the little beak. And then we would create like with, you know, colorful construction paper, like a bunch of feathers off the back. And so these, there's these ridiculous like turkey hats that we make. And we last year didn't coordinate who was making the turkey hats. And so my sister was over here and her and my husband and myself, we made a bunch of turkey hats for everybody. And then my mom shows up with handfuls of turkey hats. And so we all had double turkey hats. <laughs> wow. I love that. That's... I'm like, this is so dumb and so white. <laughs> yeah. But it's, I mean, you know, it's like silly things like that make holidays fun, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I love I that. mean, that's pretty much, yeah, that's all a holiday is. It's, like, it's, yeah. like, it's technically just another day. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And it's, you just make it your own by like doing your own little things like that. Yeah. Uh, I would love to adopt that, but we, my wife and I, well, COVID aside, we, we go to Cracker Barrel on Thanksgiving. Ooh. So I don't know if I, I mean, you could probably wear that at Cracker Barrel though. You there. could, yeah, I think you could wear a lot of different kinds of hats to Cracker Barrel before yeah. you'd get kicked out. A hundred percent. A hundred percent. I love that. Awesome. It's time for your fourth question for me. Ooh. All right. What conspiracy theory do you actually believe? <laughs> uh, Okay. I don't really know that I believe in conspiracy theories, but <laughs> why not? But probably because my family believes in way too many, um, and so I just have, I've just started like thinking that none of them are are actually like plausible. But Fair Kenny Kenny, who is our producer here, um, and you can see uh, he um, nonstop has told me. <laughs> I mean, like just. He Kenny believes that Stevie Wonder isn't actually blind. Like <laughs> he's he says that there's like this yes. footage of I think it was like on Saturday Night Live or something where Stevie Wonder there's like something about like the camera and like he's standing out there and like somebody hits a microphone stand and like Stevie Wonder actually like reaches out to grab it to <gasps> stop it from falling over. Confirmed, confirmed. Other yeah, conspiracy yeah, yeah. theories usually don't have that much proof to back it up. I think I know, that's a real one. I know. So, I, well, Kenny, if you can find the video clip of that and send it via email, like um, Allison and I will Kenny's check it out. But, but that's, um, I could see it. I could see it being plausible because I also I've seen Stevie Wonder in concert, uh, and he. He oh, kind of sick. like makes fun of it a little bit. Like when when I saw him, his backup singer was like very pregnant. Like I thought she was gonna maybe have the baby at the concert that night. Um, wow! And he said something like, when he was like, you know how they introduce their bands or whatever, the the singers mm -hmm. or whatever. Um, when he got to her, he's like, she's uh, expecting a child any day now. He's like, is it their boy that they say that they carry low or something? 
like pregnancy. I don't know. But he's basically like, I think it's a baby boy because look how she's carrying that. So I'm like, I don't know. Ooh. Like maybe he's just like feeding that. But yes, yeah, so I'll I'll tag Kenny in here uh, and say that confirmed. Stevie All Wonder right, is, is actually not. You heard blind. it here. Mm-hmm. On Fast Friends, Stevie yeah. Wonder is not blind. Tell all your friends. Unless it involves lawsuits, in which case, this is all <laughs> just for entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> I love oh, it. My yeah, my, my personal favorites tend to be Paul is dead. The whole When people think that Paul McCartney died. Mm-hmm. And then it's like plays backwards on the Beatles album. And then, of course, there's all the Princess Diana killed by the royal family. Of course, um, yeah. Marilyn Monroe being killed by the Kennedys actually like has has some interesting stuff to back it up. And her autopsy was rushed. And yeah, there's some weird stuff in there. I I I, I think that one holds a little bit of weight. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. There's just so many. The Princess Diana one I can absolutely see, and Marilyn Monroe for sure. Yeah. I don't yeah. really the Paul McCartney thing. I I just can't like. <laughs> Paul is dead. Yeah, it's just too much. Uh, all right, my fourth question for you is: if you could change, to kind of like be a flip from the last question, if you could change one thing about the way you were raised, what would you change? Oh, <laughs> um, that's a tough one. Um, change one thing about the way that I was raised. My parents did a really, really, really good job of um, saving when they said no to things. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I applaud them, you know, everything that they did. Honestly, I was raised really religious in like Seventh Day Adventism, which uh, if you are unfamiliar with cults, Seventh Day Adventist, <laughs> that's a very apocalyptic religion. And that starts a lot of different cults like Waco and Heaven's Gate. And I definitely think that's like a little bit weird to grow up in that environment mm-hmm. of like the world's going to end at any moment. And so I, I uh, don't appreciate as much of that. And I also wish that I had been taught like evolution in school. And there was a right. lot of, you know, chapters missing from the science book because I went to a religious school. So, you know, I think my parents did a fantastic job. And I think, you know, <laughs> organized religion, definitely, you know, it's it's also uh, not the greatest for uh, female self-esteem and, you know, <laughs> understanding yeah. your worth. And and so, uh, yeah, I think, I think uh, there's a lot of elements of religion that I, I don't think are very healthy for a young mind. Yeah. I would agree. Be a good actually, person. That's that's what yeah. matters. It's not about yeah. the you know, don't drink coffee and don't pierce your ears and like what? right why right can't go dancing <laughs> like all of that stuff. Yeah, uh, I know. Like no TV on Saturdays. What? Yeah, we call, in our house we just say that we try to be DHB decent human being, which is basically the same thing. Yeah, but that's our yeah. like. We're like, okay, cool. I'm just like, we'll, and Liz is my, my wife. Her name is Liz. We'll, um, her dad is like, I mean, he is so annoying about being DHB. Like it's like, we have to call him down sometimes. We're like, okay, listen, you need to like, you're being 2D. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. No, my, uh, I remember I was having a conversation with my super, super religious grandmother one time. She was like asking me what kind of Bible I read and all this stuff. And she actually, she watched a couple episodes of my Astrid Clover web series Mm. and she was uh, concerned for uh, my soul after watching (laughs) them. And, uh, and, and she was, you know, telling me all this, you know, stuff about the end times and everything. And I was like, you know what, grandma, I think it's more about, you know, just being a good person doing onto others as you would have them do to them. And she just goes, no. <laughs> like, all right. Well, yeah. okay. We tried. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's, you know, that's all you can do. <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
All right, it's time for your fifth and final question. Choose carefully. This is now, I guess, that you're limited, right? Ooh. <laughs> All right. Um, I think this this is a pretty fun one. Um, what's the most awkward encounter that you've ever had with a stranger? With a oh yeah yeah yeah. There was this um, <laughs> there one time I was at the grocery store. Um, I usually do the grocery shopping in our house because my wife hates the store. She doesn't like um, when she goes in. She's very like I need these three things and I'm going exactly where they are and I'm getting the hell out of there. Mm-hmm. And I like yep. I'm a stroller. Like I, I want to look like at you. everything, all the things. Yep. Yeah. And, and we shop at Aldi a lot. So they have this like weird, I don't know if you're into Aldi, but like they have this weird, like aisle of, they call it aisle of shame. Like the Aldi insiders do. <laughs> um, it's like all their seasonal stuff and like weird stuff. Oh, so like, I love know. shit like that. And, uh, <laughs> they know for sure. There's a whole online community, the Aldi nerd community on Facebook. Um, Anyway, <laughs> sorry, so random, but this, so I was, I was buying potatoes at the store and this woman like asked me, she's like, why are you buying potatoes? And I'm like, what? I mean, I'm at the grocery store, right? She, she kept asking like all these weird questions. And then she's like, I have this wonderful recipe for something that was potato based. Like it might've been like a soup or a potato salad or something. And she's like, <laughs> she's like, if you would like to come over and try it sometime, and look, like, I don't get hit on at the store. Like, I don't get hit on, period. But, like, <laughs> definitely not at the store. And I was like, uh, what? Like, it was just so very strange because it oh, took, like. Oh, that's hilarious. And I'm, like, I'm not, like, I'm, I'm a people pleaser, so I didn't want to, like, be rude, right? Like, and I'm very Midwestern. Yeah. So I was, like, I don't want to be rude, but, like, it was coming out in, like, all these weird, you know, it was, like, just little blurts, little blurts. And finally, she when she asked that, I was just like, this is so strange. I got to, like, get the hell out of yeah. here. Yeah. Oh, no. <sighs> I did ask her if I could bring Why my wife. Why are you buying potatoes? Yeah. <laughs> Who knew? Who knew that that's where this was going? Best pickup line. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Why are you buying potatoes? <laughs> I'm like, I, you know, <laughs> clearly I'm in produce. I'm in the produce section. What do you think I'm like? What do I look like I eat in the produce section? Potatoes. That's it. Oh, my it. gosh. I love it. <laughs> Um, my fifth and final question for you is in what scenario, if any, is it okay to lie? Ooh, is it okay to lie? Um, I mean, I think surprise parties when you're throwing somebody a surprise oh, party. Yeah. 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 Any, t- anytime that there's like a birthday or, you know, you're planning something fun. It's like, if there's good intentions behind it, yeah. I think it's okay to lie. Um, I am eight terrible liar everybody thinks that you know if you're an actor you'd be a good liar but it's like you know i the whole reason why i think i do well in acting is because of the authenticity i try to put myself in the role and i try to be as real as possible so i am a terrible terrible liar um i remember uh one time it was my my old roommate it was his birthday and i was picking up this like really cool board game for for him from this like you know this little like brain games kind of store mm-hmm and so we had a, we shared a tandem parking spot. And so I needed him to move his car. And so, you know, just casual camp conversation as we're like putting on our shoes and grabbing our keys. He's like, oh, where are you heading? 10 seconds of silence. I had no answer because I was like, I can't tell him where I'm going because he's going to know that I'm getting him a board game because like right. he's the board game aficionado. <laughs> uh, and so I was like, uh, 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 and I just said, groceries <laughs> just the word groceries and then like and then like 10 minutes later i get a text from him being like english muffins and i was like Shit, now i need to stop at the grocery store <laughs> and so i went to the grocery store and i was like well now i need to get more than just english muffins because yeah. he's gonna know if i come back without groceries so i had to do a grocery trip <laughs> <laughs> did you get potatoes while you were at the grocery oh 
maybe, <laughs> maybe, and then got hit on by a stranger. You know how that goes. Every time I mean, you're buying potatoes, the happens to ladies the come running. Jeez, my mom used to say um, when she would like try to, when she was teaching us like that lying was wrong, she would say like if you tell a lie, you're going to have to tell another lie to cover that lie. Mm-hmm. And so it's basically just going to become this web of lies. And so I mean, I that's, had to buy a bunch of groceries. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> it's a great example of like good intentions still. Um, but yep, man, <laughs> awesome. Well, that's the end of the five for five round. Thank you for playing. I'm sure that yeah. uh, the listeners will love your questions. But the last round is the fast friends uh, fortune teller. So what'll happen is um, I'll ask you a series of questions. Based on your answers, it'll reveal an activity. So we'll either play Ask Me Anything, Truth or Dare, Never Have I Ever, or Two Truths and a Lie, depending on your answers. Perfect. Love it. Okay. So the first one is, um, in this in this whole scenario, we're on a road trip together, just so you know. Okay. Okay. So I ask you to start a this boy band story. playlist. Yeah, of course. <laughs> um, <laughs> I ask you to start a boy band playlist because I really like boy bands. And um, so right. I, would you pick... One Direction, 98 Degrees, Backstreet Boys, or Sync for the first song? Sync. Yeah. Sync is a, is a <laughs> crowd favorite. Um, oh, you okay. said boy band, and I was, I was, that was my first thought. Sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, okay, we stopped for snacks at a gas station. Um, would you pick <laughs> Sour Patch Kids, Cheez-Its, Corn Nuts, or Milk Duds? Oh, I have to go Cheez-Its. I was in a Cheez-It commercial. Yeah. I mean, I'm glad you said it, not me. <laughs> yeah, um, I literally didn't remember that I was in a Cheez-It commercial until you brought it up earlier. <laughs> you oh. said that, and like this wave of memories came back. I was like, oh my God, I was in a Cheez-It commercial. <laughs> God bless the internet. Um, <laughs> okay, finally, the last question is, we stop and we're going through a drive through at one of these restaurants. Would you pick Burger King, Arby's, Wendy's, or McDonald's? Ooh... Um, I'm going to go McDonald's cause they have smoothies and okay. that comes in clutch for vegetarians on a road trip. I can see that. Mm-hmm. Okay. So behind, uh, McDonald's is the game two truths and a lie. Um, <laughs> so All right. you get to tell me three statements, two of which are truths and one is a lie. And I will try to guess which one you're lying about. Mm. <laughs> but I won't okay. watch you on camera since you said you're a bad liar. <laughs> I know, yeah. Let me, let me let me think of this because I feel like anytime that it's like scripted and I'm prepared, I'm like hell yeah. But it's like if I try yeah. to say it on the spot, it's gonna oh, oh groceries. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, I have never seen David Bowie's Labyrinth. Okay, I have never seen Back to the Future, hmm. and I have never seen Goodwill Hunting. Um. I, I don't believe that you haven't seen Labyrinth because your family has a lot of musical artistic background. So I'm going to guess that that just with David Bowie being in it, I'm going to guess that that's true. I'm going process of elimination. I am a bad liar. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. No, I, I probably could have picked better ones, but, but yeah, no Labyrinth is a, is a family favorite. Yeah. Good job. What are, okay. So the other ones, you said Goodwill hunting and back to the future. Um, I haven't seen Goodwill hunting yet. Oh, and I, yeah, I haven't seen back to the future all the way through. Okay. I've seen clips from it. Yeah. And just it's, there's, there's certain massive movies that have just totally 
slip past me. Yeah. That, like if you don't watch them when you're younger and then you don't make an effort to watch them as you're older. Yeah. Which I'm trying to like work my way through the list and like make sure I see all of the big films. Yeah. It's hard though because you like forget about them. It's so difficult. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yeah. There are a lot of movies. I, I feel like I always, I can remember like 15 movies. So as I watch more <laughs> movies, I forget the other ones. <laughs> um, with, I've never actually seen Goodwill Hunting. Which okay. Is weird. For All right. We'll have to watch age. it together then. Yeah, we can do one of those. Uh, what are the Facebook streams or whatever? Yes. <laughs> watch yeah, along. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Stream a little. Yeah. Yeah. Film. Oh man. Yeah. I. That's the one with like Matt uh, Matt Damon, right, and Ben Affleck, where they then the and Robin. Is it Robin? No. Shit, I don't know. There's like a professor, the janitor. I always confuse it with Dead Poet. I always confuse it with Dead Poet Society, which is Robin Williams. Okay. But yeah, I believe it is Matt Damon in that. You said Matt Damon, and all I can think about is um, Matt Damon. <laughs> You've seen uh, what is it? Team America. It's the oh, the creators from South yeah, Park. Yeah, yeah. The, yes, the puppet film. <laughs> yes, and they they apparently met Matt Damon, and he was not the nicest person, and so they make a joke where all Matt Damon says is <laughs> Matt Damon. <laughs> I can actually see that happening. Honestly, I don't know. I mean, I'm never going to meet him probably, but um, I can see it happening. <laughs> <laughs> Just if you meet him, just say Matt Damon. I will. I, I well, I'll probably forget because I'm old. <laughs> so, but but <laughs> like, if I really I love happen. your work, thank you for all you do. I'll yeah. be like, no, you ruined it, Logan. Come on. <laughs> He'll be like, what did you think of Goodwill Hunting? And I'll be like, I don't know who's in that. <laughs> but tune into my podcast where we talk about movies we've never seen. I could actually have a podcast on movies I've never seen because um, I've seen I, I've not seen a lot. Which is oh, terrible. that'd be fun. Just have guests on and you guys just talk about movies that neither of you have seen and try to like fill in as much as you know about it. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. See, look, we're and just creating the audience just sits there cringing, going, no, no, that's not what that's yeah. about. That, that person's not in it. No, <laughs> it's Ryan Reynolds, not Ryan Gosling. What are you talking about? <laughs> they are kind of the same person, right? They're both like charming and Canadian. I get them confused all the time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I feel like Ryan Reynolds puts himself out there more. <laughs> and he's very funny on Instagram. If you, uh, if you want somebody to follow, I that's do not funny. follow he's, Ryan Reynolds on Instagram. I'll have to look him he's up. He's funny. Ryan Reynolds. Um, he is it. Gosh, because I confuse them. But whoever it is that's in the film Lars and the Real Girl, that's one of my favorite movies. I think Lars that's Gosling. I think that's Gosling. Yeah. I I recommend Lars and the Real Girl for for anybody who hasn't seen it. It's uh, about this uh, man's relationship with a sex doll. It's very good. Oh, cool. <laughs> I can't That's watch any amazing. movies with Ryan Gosling in them because my wife will then want me to watch The Notebook with her. And I can't. I can't. It's do a that. good compromise if you can sit down yeah. and watch watch Notebook and then watch Lars and the Real Girl. It's worth it. I mean, you know, it is. It, we're coasting right into the weekend. I have no plans, so. <laughs> um, All right, awesome. Now you do. <laughs> so uh, yeah, you need to watch Goodwill Hunting um, and. We'll report back on, on how it, I'll, Perfect. I'll put it on my Perfect. list too. We will confirm so, the cast and what it is about. <laughs> <laughs> All of, uh, everything comes to this moment on the, on the podcast. So Allison Snyder, if Logan Cummins has sent you a friend request based on the time that we've spent together today, would you confirm it or delete the friend request? <laughs> I would absolutely confirm it. That way we can set up our, you know, little watch party. Hell watch yeah. some Goodwill hunting. Hell Yes. 
Yes, we're starting a new <laughs> podcast soon. So absolutely. Uh, Although heads up, I'm barely on social media. So if you try to respond to anything or message me or whatever, <laughs> I will not see it. So <laughs> it's, it's kind of pointless. Do you want to tell people where? I know that you just said you're not on social media a lot. Do you want to direct people <laughs> anywhere to see your to see things like buy your art, any of that stuff? And like I said, we can put yes. it in the show notes too. But tell us where they can yeah. follow you. Yeah, absolutely. So my name is spelled funny. It is A L L I S Y N. If you search that, you'll find all of my stuff. I have a website, allisonsnyder.com, where I've got links to everything. My Etsy shop is The Art of Allison. That's my social media pages as well for, you know, all my art stuff. I think the reason why I can't be on social media too much is because I run so many pages. So I've got my personal stuff, which is all always Allison, and then my The Art of Allison pages. I also run my Astrid Clover uh, channel and pages, and then I also have Watch the Footage uh, all across the board, all the social media pages for all of my production stuff you need a social media platform <laughs> like one of those uh software things that helps you oh yeah to post everything yeah, yeah. i don't trust I got a guy. um technology yeah i don't blame you <laughs> i don't blame you awesome well thank you so much for coming on the podcast and spending so much yeah. time with us and um being my friend i'm so excited uh absolutely to, to release this and i think people really enjoy getting to know you a little more Thank you. Yeah. In three months when I probably check Facebook, I will totally accept your friend request. <laughs> Sounds good. It'll still be there pending. Don't worry. <laughs> Love it. Awesome. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you. This was so fun. Thanks for listening to the Fast Friends Podcast. Don't forget to join us next week for an all new episode. Go ahead and hit subscribe so you don't miss it. You can follow me on Twitter at Logan Cummins. And if you have a suggestion on someone that I should be friends with, go ahead and let me know at fastfriendspodcast.com.